Thursday, everybody, and welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including the National Football League. Week three begins tonight. It is only, in air quotes, the Titans at the Jaguars. But if you remember Gardner Minshew, he was at ECU as a quarterback for a while, became famous at Washington State under that Mike Leach guy, and is now with the Jacksonville Jaguars in for the injured Nick Foles. They're going crazy over this guy. It is Minshew mania as your Carolina Panthers head to Arizona to take on, among others, the highest profile young quarterback that the NFL has to offer, Kyler Murray of the Cardinals. And as another guy from our backyard, Daniel Jones takes the baton from that Eli Manning guy and will get his first NFL regular season start this weekend as well for those New York Giants. A little Minshew mania on today's program as the Titans led by Marcus Mariota, who is out of the gate as quickly as he's ever gotten out as an NFL player at the QB position. Jalen Ramsey wants to be traded, but last I saw, he is going to play tonight for the Jaguars. They might play him tonight, trade him to your favorite team tomorrow. I mean, that's how crazy that situation is. We'll get into, of course, the Carolina Panthers, the Cam Newton story, and it is a huge one. As big a fork in the road as this franchise has ever had. Is he healthy? Will he play against the Cardinals? Can he get healthy? Will he ever become a pocket passer? Is he too beat up at 30 years old because of his aggressive style of play where that Superman-type body takes too many hits and they have accumulated over the years? There's too much tread off the tires, as the old saying goes. Can he ever get back to being that dangerous dual-threat guy who was the MVP of a 15-1 Panthers team just four years ago? Will he ever evolve into the pocket passer that has allowed other old dudes to extend their careers, right? If you don't take as many hits, Tom Brady's in his early 40s. I know Drew Brees is hurt right now, but he's a 40 guy as well. Aaron Rodgers, Phillip Rivers. Ben Roethlisberger also hurt now, but how have they extended their career well into their 30s or even 40s? Well, with a different style of play in most of those examples. Cam Newton has never attempted really that style of play at any level. And as he is uncertain for the Cardinals, we will dive into, among other things, career comparisons as Cam compares to some of the other greatest dual-threat QBs. All of them, I think, names that just about everybody in our statewide listening audience will understand and comprehend. Michael Vick would be one. We actually have Michael Vick today, in his own words, on Cam Newton. It's not a brand new quote. I think it happened actually over the weekend. But since Michael Vick is another of those dual threat guys who, in his case as well, took a lot of hits, to what degree does it shorten your career when you look up comparable careers? Cam Newton is only 30 and still going, in air quotes. Guys like Steve Young or Randall Cunningham or Michael Vick and others, how did their tread last on their tires as they had 
this less conventional style of play, could they play well into their 30s or even 40s at a high level? What does history tell us about that? I've done my research there, so you don't have to do it for yourself. I will share those thoughts as we take your calls on all things NFL. Week three begins tonight with Tennessee at Jacksonville. Panthers at Arizona, one of your late afternoon games on Sunday, and there are a lot of other compelling matchups to get to as well. Mick Mixon is the voice of the Carolina Panthers. He will drop by in hour number two. We'll talk about Kyle Allen, the backup, possibly getting the start. Quick fun fact, Kyle Allen, possible starter for your Panthers on Saturday afternoon at Arizona. You probably remember that he's from Texas A&M. You may remember that Kyler Murray transferred to Oklahoma on his way to becoming the Heisman Trophy winning superstar quarterback. Do you know who beat out whom on the quarterback depth chart at Texas A&M when you peel that onion? I'm not kidding now. Kyle Allen was above Kyler Murray on the A&M depth chart. So now Kyle Allen, surprisingly, only as a backup, only as an afterthought, really, compared to Kyler Murray, number one overall pick. Kyle Allen wants beat out Kyler Murray for a college quarterback job. And that's why he started looking into transfer possibilities. Here we are all these years later. The shoe is on the other foot. Panthers 0-2 at Arizona. They haven't gotten out of the gate quickly either. More on that matchup. Michael Vick's two cents and a little historical perspective. Will Healy is going to drop by today. When I asked folks in the state of North Carolina, who plays, how many teams do we have at the top level of college football? As I say hello to my producer, Darren Vaught, we also have intern Sam representing the University of North Carolina today. He'll be the first voice you hear if you want in on Notre Dame, Georgia. Those are two fan bases that have a lot at stake in college football this weekend. Irish at Bulldogs rematch of a nail-biter from two years ago in South Bend. If you're an App State fan or a UNC fan, you have a lot at stake this weekend. Mountaineers at the Tar Heels. Those two have played in football only once in the history of those programs, despite the fact that they're not an unreasonable bus ride away from one another, Boone to Chapel Hill. More college football, including the national and closer-to-home matchups that are or are close to must-see TV. As I say hello to Darren Vaught, I ask people in this state, do you know how many FBS football programs we have in North Carolina? And almost everybody will say, well, of course, there's the ACC schools. So, you know, there's Duke and there's State and there's Carolina and there's Wakes. They get to four. And either because they've been here for a long time or they know we have incorporated them into our statewide show for many, many years. They know about the ECU Pirates, either because of a Lincoln Riley or a Steve Logan back in the day or a Ruffin McNeil in between, et cetera. Or maybe they know about Mike Houston hired away from his FCS National Championship program at James Madison. We're going to Greenville for the big tailgate tour this weekend. More on that a little bit later in the program. So they get the big four quickly. Everybody knows something about ECU football. That is a football-first school that has had moments of national distinction. If I talk to my relatives in Florida or Pennsylvania, far from our epicenter here, they're going to know something about the Pirates. They might know about like a Zay Jones or the other great wide receivers that the Pirates have sent to the NFL or a David Garrard or other great quarterbacks from yesteryear. And then most people know about App State either because three-time FCS national championships or Scott Satterfield quickly building them into the Sun Belt superpower before leaving for Louisville this past year 
or even something else, some electrifying win at Michigan at the big house, you know, back in 2007. So we get to six quickly. We have seven FBS programs in this state, and one of the reasons most forget, or many forget, the seventh, is that the Charlotte 49ers did not have any football program, even for most of my time in North Carolina. In fact, there was a great tweet from the Charlotte 49ers social media account earlier this year where something major happened in the college football world, and they were making a reference back to history. And the history only went back to, like, the turn of the century. I forget the year, like 2000 or 2002. And the Charlotte 49ers football handle tweeted out, we weren't even born yet. And I thought that was really well played because you hear that from sports fans a lot, right? Well, I wasn't even born when that happened. Well, the Charlotte 49ers as a football team weren't born when that happened either. Well played, 49ers. Will Healy is a high-energy 34-year-old first-year head coach of the Charlotte 49ers. He has already rebuilt another program, Austin P, at the FCL, FCS level in a very quick manner. He is a good recruiter. He is a high-energy guy. And actually, when he was hired by Charlotte last December, Dabo Sweeney was one of the guys quoted in the Charlotte release saying, among other things, this Will, Will Healy guy is a home run hire. That's Dabo's phrase. Well, where are Will Healy and the 49ers taking their 2-1 and one record in this early debut season for Will? But Death Valley and Dabo Sweeney is on the other sidelines. And the Tigers have all sorts of NFL talent, and the 49ers have only a modicum of such things. Good SAT word. We'll talk with Will Healy in hour number three. The 49ers coach, of course, Dabo Sweeney drops by regularly here on the David Glenn Show as well. Mick Mixon, second hour. Will Healy, third hour. A lot of NFL, a lot of co college football, and a handful of other things. USA Basketball is back in the headlines. At least three prominent players after the debacle at the World Cup have already raised their hands and said, yes, I will play for my country at next year's Olympics. Remember, of the original 35 invitees, only four ultimately said yes to play for our country in China. That helps explain and is the number one factor that explains why we finished seventh rather than our usual first. More on that story later. The Carolina Hurricanes are back on the ice. There's an interesting mix of regulars and new names the latter mostly ticketed for the minors or juniors or whatever. But they've played back-to-back -back nights against Tampa. They won both. Both were shutouts. And why not get a little optimistic, have a little fun with the regular season opener just a couple weeks away? So the Canes are on our mind. Hockey is back. Basketball is in the headlines. And we have a whole lot of football to get to as we look forward to those great guests. We will have more NASCAR tickets to give away today. We will soon have Hurricanes tickets to, get away, to give away. And, of course, when the calendar turns to October, we will have Carolina Panthers tickets to give away. They are not home again until the calendar terms, turns. We just hope that they are playing relevant football games by the time we reach October. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. What does history say about dual-threat NFL quarterbacks? Plenty of them in college football, right? But can you play well into your 30s or later if you're not one of those pocket passer types? Brady doesn't take as many hits. Breeze doesn't take as many hits. What does history tell us about the guys whose style at QB was more like Cam Newton's style as we wait for an update on his foot and we wait for an update? Most are skeptical that they will not, well, most are 
believing that they are unlikely to see Cam Newton Sunday at Arizona. More on those stories with your questions, comments, and complaints. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket in to the David Glenn Show. Mac Brown of the University of North Carolina. We got to win now. Let's don't start looking at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And, and the Coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we have a chance? Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show. Charlotte is going to challenge us. I'll tell you what, um, uh, th this is a team offensively that's going to challenge us. This is the most explosive team we've played uh, to this point. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That was Clemson coach Davo Sweeney, a regular guest here. That is both a shot across the bow of Jimbo Fisher of Texas A&M. Remember, the Tigers beat the Aggies earlier this year, and Clemson did not like how Texas A&M people, coaches, players, alumni, etc., bragged about how the last time those two got together, Kellen Mond went over 400 yards, and the final score was only 28-26, to 26, and they came that close to beating the team that went on to the national championship. And Clemson's perspective on that game, if you forgot the details, was that they had it in hand, and the Aggies put together some drives late, and the final score was misleading, and Clemson really got the best of A&M even there in College Station, just as they did earlier this season. So when Dabo says that Will Healy's Charlotte 49ers are the most dangerous coming in, that is both a compliment to his friend, when Will Healy was hired at Charlotte, Dabo Sweeney's quote was the first at the top of the release. A home run hire for the Niners. Charlotte visits Clemson. Will Healy visits his friend Dabo Sweeney. Coach Sweeney in the books. Coach Healy on the way. He'll join us in hour number three. Mick Mixon on your Carolina Panthers in hour number two. Tom in Fayetteville is already celebrating one of the themes of our day. As we look forward to college football's week four, Houston at Tulane tonight in AAC action, Utah at Southern Cal tomorrow night, Pac-12 action, and then the Notre Dame-Georgia matchup, the Michigan-Wisconsin matchup. Uh, number 15 and undefeated UCF visits Pitt, which came close kind of, sort of, but not exactly at Penn State last weekend. In our neighborhood, App State visits UNC, Charlotte goes to Clemson, Wake hosts Elon, ECU hosts William & Mary, NC State hosts Ball State with a lot of folks watching the quarterback play for the Wolfpack. Louisville is at FSU, and that one's a scary one if you're the Seminoles because Scott Satterfield in year one has energized the Cardinals after his time at App State in a way that Willie Taggart in year two has not yet energized the Seminoles. So if Louisville goes to Tallahassee and wins that game, you are going to see a conflagration of sorts in and around that football program. Good SAT word as we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Cam Newton's health status is a question again. Kyle Allen may have to be the starter as the 0-2 Panthers visit Kyler Murray and Arizona. As we come to your calls on the football and other headlines of the day, 1-800-849-2761. I also have some breaking news involving Antonio Brown, now of the New England Patriots. More on that in just a little bit. I put myself in the shoes of the owner, David Tepper. I put myself in the shoes, to a lesser degree, 
of the head coach, Ron Rivera, who may or may not be fighting for his job after this 0-2 start. Remember, this is year nine for him with this organization, just year two under David Tepper, the new owner. But year nine, mixed bag, right? I would argue more good than bad. Trip to the Super Bowl, four playoff trips in eight years, and the miss last year had a lot to do with Cam Newton's injured shoulder, etc. If I'm David Tepper especially, but even Marty Herney, the GM, Ron Rivera, the head coach, in case they hang around, I have to make a decision on what Cam Newton is and what Cam Newton can be and what would be unrealistic to ask of Cam Newton now that he's 30 years old, now that he's had all of these surgeries, now that we know the best of Cam comes in a style of play that is physically aggressive, right? I was blessed with a 245-pound body, and I'm way more athletic than most quarterbacks, and I'm going to use it, not just on third and one and fourth and one, but I'm going to be statistically one of the most dangerous dual-threat quarterbacks this league has ever seen. And the Cam haters don't like to admit this, and, and they have some legit criticisms, but they tend to forget this part. He statistically is one of the greatest dual-threat quarterbacks ever. I see the good in Cam. I see the bad in Cam. I'm disappointed that the extremists at both ends aren't willing to, op their op willing to open their eyes at the other side. But if I'm David Tepper, i got to look into this beyond what do I think of Cam Newton as a person. I've got to look into it beyond what is his medical background. What do his records say? What is this foot injury? How is the shoulder? When can he come back? And can we ask him to be a running-slash-passing quarterback if and when he does come back? He is 30. There's a lot of tread off the tire. Well, as we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761, I did some homework for David Tepper. And rather than looking at guys like Tom Brady in his 40s, Drew Brees at 40, Phillip Rivers as an older guy, instead of looking at guys who are playing that long in large part because they're pocket passers who, yeah, they take their hits, but they don't initiate contact. They don't get hit, and the numbers are glaring nearly as much as Cam Newton has been the most hit quarterback of the last decade in the NFL. And in fact, for long stretches, the number of hits Cam took was twice as many as the quarterback who took the second most hits. Think about that. Statistics almost never work that way. Number two is maybe 10% behind number one, or 8%, or 14%. No, Cam at times takes twice as many hits as the quarterback who takes the second most hits. So that's the backdrop here. And now you owe him 20 plus million this year, and you owe him 20 plus million next year. Well, to me, one of the smart ways to do things is to dive into the details of these other somewhat but not exactly similar quarterbacks of yesteryear. Three that came to mind for me were Michael Vick, and we have some audio from Michael from the weekend. Randall Cunningham, I watched him as an Eagles fan for a long time, and that's on Tom and Fayetteville's mind as well. Steve Young, another example from the 49ers. Did those guys have long careers? Were they still themselves at 35, much less 40 or some of these crazy Brady Breeze type stories? And the answer is no. It's probably somewhat like you would have guessed without doing any research. No, dual threat quarterbacks who take a lot more hits can't do what they do nearly as long as the pocket passers who, yes, take hits and sometimes injurious hits, but are not putting their body in jeopardy nearly as often on called running plays or scrambling pass plays or fourth and third and one dives. That part's just common sense. The more you peel the onion, it reminds me 
of one of my first cars. As we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Darren, I wish, I've told you this many times, given that you're right around that 20-30-something bridge and I'm right around that 40-50-something bridge, as much fun as I think we've had together, we would have had a lot, a lot more, a lot more fun if you knew me when I, I was in you my twenties. You do 20s. say this more oh. and more often the more we get to know each and other. And tell me you don't doubt it. I, no, 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 no. I don't doubt it one bit. Not All one right. bit. All right, I feel good that you can say that. <laughs> my favorite car is not the most beautiful car that I've ever had. It's certainly not the most expensive car that I've ever had. But man, it was perfect for my early twenties for a lot of different reasons. It was a 1979 CJ5 Jeep. They don't even make these anymore. It would be in the Wrangler family if that rings a bell from, yeah. mo you know, from modern-day <laughs> Americana vehicles, okay? When I was seeking a, an inexpensive vehicle, as uh, I think it was a col late college and law school car for me, cherish it to this day and again man it was beat up it was old i mean i bought it in the early 90s it was a 1979 model <laughs> what mattered more when i went looking for that car put aside price i was incredibly poor and i had to look at a market that included 12 year old vehicles okay what mattered more in the value of the car and put aside sentiment or how beautiful girls at the beach tend to like young dudes in Jeeps. Just put aside that sentiment, Darren. As hard as it is for me to do that, even 30 years later, I'm going to just put it to the side. What mattered more, the fact that it was 12 years old, or when I got there to check it out, how many miles were on it? What mattered more? Mileage. Absolutely, positively, no doubt about it. When I saw it... In the newspaper or whatever we were using back then, you know, you went to the town square. <laughs> Your stone tablet. Stone tablets. You go to the town square, <laughs> see what was hammered in by nail to the two by four, and then page through until you found a used car that you were interested in. I don't know. But it was an unusual price given that it was such an old car. I went to see it. As it turns out, this vehicle was owned by an old lady. I didn't even get to meet the old lady that day. Her son, I remember to this moment, a law enforcement officer in Durham was the guy who met me at the car to show me the vehicle. And, you know, that's kind of normal, right? You don't know what this crazy college dude is going to do, so probably mom asks law enforcement's son to meet a complete stranger. Sure. Makes sense. I kind of respected the guy for taking care of mom that way. He quickly realized that I was no threat whatsoever. And I quickly realized that when you meet a guy with a gun dressed like a police officer, if you had any bad intentions, which I didn't, you might want to reconsider such things. He was a large guy, but a really nice guy. But I digress. As I fall in love with the visuals of the vehicle, and as I'm anticipating beach volleyball matches between Kappa Delta and Alpha Chi as I park my beach nearby <laughs> and offer to bring the adult beverages with my Jeep in tow, he shows me the mileage. And somehow, some way, because his mom owned it and didn't drive it all that often, she wasn't a Jeep kind of person, it was something crazy for a 12-year-old car. It was like 30,000 miles. 
I mean, that doesn't happen. What is the average? No, I, I do more than that in a year. All oh, right. The average person, I think, drives 10 or so thousand sure. miles a year. But, I mean, folks who are people. On, folks who are on the move can drive 30,000 in a year. Might not have been as low as that. This was a long time ago, but you get the point. And your answer is correct. The mileage matters infinitely more than how old the car is. Same thing with quarterbacks. We usually think of this with running backs. And every metric, every analytic, along with your common sense, says, well, it doesn't matter as much if the guy is 29 versus 24. It matters. But what matters a whole lot more is how many carries has he had? How many injuries has he had? How many years has he played and was he a starter for all of those years? Or was he getting only a handful of snaps as a backup for part of that time? Well, the reality is it works this way for quarterbacks as well. As we invite your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Whether you're David Tepper evaluating the future with or without Cam Newton, and I'll give you Michael Vick's surprising comments of the weekend. Darren, cue that up. It matters less that Cam Newton is 30 years old in a league where it is no longer outrageous to see late 30-somethings and early 40-somethings not only playing, but playing well. I mean, they happen to be Hall of Famers in a few examples, but you get the idea. 30 matters less than nine years of the style of play of Cam Newton. That matters a lot more. It is not fair to take Cam's career and just overlay it to pocket passers like Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, and some of these other old dudes. If you do that, you're setting yourself up for disaster, right? The Jeep that I loved visually, if it had 180,000 miles on it, I would have been making a mistake to assume that I could get a whole bunch of years out of it, which I did. But why did I? Not because it was 12 years old, but because it just happened to have an unusually low mileage number on it. Same thing here. I looked up Cam's regular season starts for his career for the Carolina Panthers. Number 124. Among the guys most like his style of play, and this is just objectively looking at numbers, Michael Vick, who chimed in on Cam's future as a Panther, and let's just say he's not a believer. Michael Vick is not a believer. He's reading Cam's body language. He is a guy who went through a lot of physical issues himself, including surgeries. He's looking through that prism or paradigm as well. Do you know how many Michael Vick regular season starts there were? For his entire career, and this is a guy who played well into his 30s, total starts for Michael Vick, reckless style of play, did miss a little time with that dogfighting ring suspension, but 109. And Michael Vick was around a while, right? The Atlanta Falcons, the suspension, the resurgence under Andy Reid, a full-time starter for the Eagles for quite a while, and then had some backup roles after that. Michael Vick... 109 career starts. Cam is already, these are regular season numbers, at 124. So there's one parallel, okay? Cam's older. Michael Vick played into his mid-30s, but that's his starts number. Again, which one matters more? Mileage over age. Mileage over the year of your model car. Randall Cunningham. 135 career starts. Cam's real close to that one, and that's the guy who ran around. He was more elusive than Cam. He had a different body type, and Tom in Fayetteville has a good point to make about that. Steve Young, 
He played way into his late 30s. That's easy to remember. But again, you have to be careful with the way you do your research. Steve Young was not getting a lot of tread removed from his tires when he spent all of those years backing up Joe Montana. So what number matters more? Not 37 years old. Steve Young was actually still a full-time starter at 37. And then he played a little after that as a backup. But Michael Vick's last year as a full-time starter, 32. Mike Randall Cunningham's last year as a full-time starter, 35. Steve Young's last year as a full-time starter, 37. But because Young was a backup for so long, his career starts number, 143, regular season again. If Cam Newton, let's just say, comes back and, and starts a whole bunch more games, we don't think he's going to play at Arizona, but whatever. His foot gets better. His shoulder's good enough. Joe Person has a good article in The Athletic that I think underlines – the reality that it is first a foot issue. Some are surmising that it's really a shoulder injury that they're covering up. It's a more it's a complication from that surgically repaired shoulder. Joe did a great job of breaking down. Hey, against against the Buccaneers before a play where it would look pretty clear Cam hurt his foot, he was seven for eight. After he hurt his foot, he was eighteen of forty two. I mean, to me, that's some pretty good detective work by one of our favorites, Joe Person. So, okay, who knows? Maybe the shoulder's not quite as strong, but to me it's primarily a foot issue until somebody proves otherwise. If Cam returns and starts a lot of games, he's going to be way past Michael Vick's career starts number. He's going to be right at Randall Cunningham's career starts number by the end of the season, and he's going to be approaching Steve Young's career starts number. So if you're David Tepper, you can't just blindly say, without context or nuance, Cam is only 30. We should be okay. Well, no. If the history of dual-threat quarterbacks proves that it takes more tread off the tire for every game you start, for every year you're playing a lot, there are not the examples of Breeze and Brady when you play that position that way. Well, that's the math you have to follow, just like I had to place more weight on the low mileage number for my 1979 Jeep CJ5. One of the greatest decisions of my life for reasons I'm no longer allowed to explain on live radio. That part was the more important part of the equation. The 1979 might have scared me away, but it didn't. This is the opposite of that, right? What should scare you away is the mileage, not the year. 30's not old. I mean, I know that. What do they say now? 60's the new 40 or something like that for old people who want to feel younger? Uh, 30 is youthful. My producer's somewhere in that neighborhood. Guy's got energy coming out of his ears. But I didn't see Darren on a regular basis running from large, athletic, angry men who are trying to tear him apart limb by limb. How, what's your career sack total, Darren? Yeah. I mean, are you okay? Cam's, Cam's an older 30 I than I am. Yeah. That's safe to say. Yeah, physically, there is yeah. no doubt yeah. about it. You might have had some old baseball injuries, but I don't remember in baseball, and I played it a long time, Large, angry people chasing you. No, w not wanting, any of those in Wanting my life. to rip your head off. Maybe there was the occasional bench-clearing brawl for you. I don't know. <laughs> but that would be the exception rather than the rule. Let me squeeze in Tom real quick, and then we'll get other phone calls. Tom, you're, maybe great minds think alike, or maybe you're a great mind and I'm not. But uh, we both were thinking of the same person. Go right ahead. Well, one of the points you already made um, is the start. And I think, of course, the season's longer now. 
But I want to throw a guy out at you that's going to exemplify what I mean. And I hated this guy growing up as an Eagles fan, and that's Fran Tarkin. Mm. And I think the difference is, there's a couple differences. One, Randall and Fran Tarkin and even Michael Vick, and I'm a big Vick fan because I went to Virginia Tech, um, they didn't initiate contact. They tried to get out of bounds. Correct. Slide. They weren't as big. and They were fast, but not as big and couldn't take the hit. I think the other thing is that nobody's mentioned yet is the linebackers and linemen are a lot faster now than they were back in the old days. True. And they can catch these running quarterbacks a lot easier than some of the flat-footed ones gone after Tarkenton or even Steve Young. And by the way, I I think you're painting a really accurate picture here. And because of my age, I grew up with Fran Tarkenton. So I can picture him, you know, one of the original classic dual-threat quarterbacks. Fran Tarkenton was not built in a way that he's lowering his shoulder and trying to bowl over a linebacker unless he absolutely had to. He was just agile. He would extend plays. He would gain yards with his legs. I looked up. I just put the threshold, you know, who had the most rushing yards ever. The only four guys with more than 4,000 career rushing yards from the quarterback position are Michael Vick, Randall Cunningham, Steve Young, and now Cam Newton, right? So style-wise, Young would occasionally tuck it and lower his shoulder. Uh, I think most people nowadays can remember him as a guy. He, he kind of bled into the 2000s, didn't he, or the very end of the 1990s. Randall Cunningham, a little bit of an older example. Michael Vick, a little bit more of a recent example. But Randall was so long and lean with long legs, like he could accelerate away from you as if he were a ghost. Like you thought you had him within your reach, and then he's gone. And it was just these huge strides where, yes, he would try to get out of bounds. He was not initiating contact. I think Michael Vick is the closest comparison to Cam Newton in terms of the beating that he took and in terms of the hits that he sometimes even initiated. Michael Vick's final year as a full-time starter was at 32 years old. And that is really important to consider as you contemplate Cam Newton will be 31 at the conclusion of this season and has one year left on his deal with the Panthers after the current season. This is the math you must consider just as I considered similar math back in 1990 as I purchased the Jeep CJ5 1979. 1-800-849-2761, one of the greatest vehicles that I've ever had. 17 years ago today was one of the greatest days of my life. It's more of a personal story than a sports story, but I will share that at some point today. NASCAR tickets will be flying out another four-pack to the Bank of America Roval 400. A little bit later in today's show, we will have a hopefully incredibly easy trivia question, and you and three friends can head to Bank of America, the Bank of America Roval 400 at Charlotte Motor Speedway a week from this Sunday, so September 29th, 1-800-849-2761. More on where the Panthers go from here at quarterback and otherwise. Which younger QBs do you believe in? There are even some older QBs where this question can be posed. Heck, Colin Kaepernick is trying to get back into the NFL. There's, of course, the football part of that debate and that other part of that debate. I'm not sure I have the stomach for the latter today, but he was a darn good quarterback in this league for several years in a row, but he wasn't in this league at all for the last two NFL seasons. Are you a believer in Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? Are you a believer in Mitch Trubisky at Chicago, are you a believer in Daniel Jones with the New York Giants? How about Jimmy Garoppolo of the Niners, Josh Allen of the Bills? Those two guys are out to surprising 2-0 starts. How about Jacoby Brissett, now a starter again for the Colts? How about Gardner Minshew 
now the starter for the Jaguars in for the injured Nick Foles tonight as the Titans visit Jacksonville. Notice how many of those dudes have connections to our neighborhood? Seriously. Minshew, ECU, Percent, NC State, Daniel Jones, Duke, Mitch Trubisky, UNC, Lamar Jackson, Louisville. And I heard that Cam Newton guy has been posted up in our backyard for quite some time as well. 1-800-849-2761. Ryan wants in with a football question or comment. You can join him. 1-800-849-2761. More on the college football week four action that awaits us and the NFL week three action that begins tonight with Tennessee at Jacksonville. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can be a part of it on the David Glenn Show. Mike Lupica, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at the political scene, and, and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see when people say, oh, stick to sports. Well, who passed that law? You're listening to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. 1-800-849-2761 couple of questions came in during the break dg who who has a lot of starts are there any examples of players using cam newton's style that play that many games in modern nfl history answer no again steve young at 143 career starts would be your best example by the end of this season assuming camp comes back and plays at least some he's going to be over 130 so that's the bar, 143 career starts in part, again, because of the style that you play. If you're Tom Brady, you're like closing in on 300 career starts, right? If you're Drew Brees, you passed 250 a long time ago. Eli Manning's not crazy far from 250. Ben Roethlisberger's over 200. Phillip Rivers is over 200 career regular season starts. Matt Ryan's not far from 200. What do they all have in common? They don't play Cam Newton's style of play at the quarterback position. And whether it's Michael Vick, 109 career regular season starts, Randall Cunningham, 135, or Steve Young, 143, your style takes tread off the tire at a more rapid rate than those other QBs playing a much different way. David Tepper must factor that in. Let me give you one thing I promised as we come back to your calls. Sean and Ryan and others want in on either college football. Week four begins tonight with Houston at Tulane. NFL football week three begins tonight with the Titans at the Jaguars. Minshew mania continues in Jacksonville. The former ECU and Washington State quarterback is in for the injured Nick Foles. Let me give you Michael Vick in his own words as we come to your calls. Michael's final year as a full-time NFL starter came with the Eagles in 2012. He was 32 years old. Remember that Cam Newton, when his current contract expires, will be right about 32 years old. He's 30 now. He'll turn 31 before next season, and he'll be about to turn 32 if the contract goes that far. Obviously, those conversations will continue at the end of the current season. They don't wait until the contract is over to revisit what might be next but here's the way Michael Vick put it in his own words as really one of the best parallels to the Cam Newton career but I'm gonna say in 2020 Cam Newton will not be a Carolina Panther look what? Whoa. Whoa. to keep you around for what you can do in the present and in the future and not what you've done in the past and look Cam doesn't look happy it's been a continuation of what, it, what what's happened last year uh, doesn't look healthy. Look, all marriages can come to an end. All good things come to an end. I think it's an ending for Cam wow. in Carolina. He finds a new Jeez. home. 
All right, so I got these two questions during the break. One of them was kind of, man, my audience is smart. I love when they ask these things. So I gave you all those huge career starts numbers, and they're all, again, from more pocket-type passers. Nobody's putting their body at risk, and that's why they're at those numbers, right? The other one just reminded me of just the colder nature of the universe. And I'm not personally offended at this question. It's just the way people work. They are so ready to turn the page. You know what came in? If this really is the end for Cam, which clearly Michael Vick thinks it is, who might the Panthers be able to get in next year's draft at quarterback if oh, they're if, basically if their season derails <laughs> and they have a really high pick? Well, off the top of my head, there are two that come to mind. Remember, Trevor Lawrence of Clemson is not a, not eligible this coming year. But isn't that cold? Like, I mean, the day after I'm gone, I would just like you to have a day. Uh, you know, like, man, I, I really enjoyed that Glenn guy for some part of the last 30-plus years. <laughs> like, the next day? Come on, man. How about just a little sentiment, a little something, no? So <laughs> you're ready to turn the page. The answer is Tua Tungavailoa of Alabama and a kid named Justin Herbert of Oregon. They're both going to be high first-round picks. Even scouts are divided, by the way, on which guy projects better to the NFL. Uh, but keep in mind this, even if your Panthers, and I don't even want to think this, but even if your Panthers just skid off the rails, and I mean, just they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. Given how bad the Dolphins are, they're going to be the ones probably that if they want a quarterback, and what do they have, right? they would have their choice before the Panthers would like, likely have their choice. The metrics say the Steelers and the Panthers still have the best chance of digging out of 0-2. I needed to say something optimistic before we hit the break. We're back after this. He's the UVA head basketball coach, Tony Bennett. You always believed in us. I guess you were the wind beneath our wings. There you go. How's that? <laughs> Do we but, have uh, background music that's for that? Right. That's right. Bette Midler. There we go. Keep it right here on the David Glenn Show. Somebody just cut Antonio Brown out entirely. That breaking news in the NFL. More of your calls on the Cam Newton quagmire and other college and pro football. McMixon later, Will Healy later. Your calls next. I made a reference to Mike Krzyzewski of Duke and his GOAT status. And I kid you not, I got angry emails. If I really wanted to insult somebody, I would include some kind of sentence about being in the bleeping prairie chewing on grass. This is The David Glenn Show. 